He staggered in, not noticing that the note had already been written, put on his phone, and called Jerome. Hey, I'm not feeling so good this morning. Is it How did this happen? And three and four is sixteen. He grabbed his things, walked up to the wall, put his right hand up in the usual manner, and looked at the randomly selected address on page five of his notebook. And the door faded into view. That's such a rush, he thought to himself, remembering the first time he'd seen his dad do the same thing. He walked through, he turned around, put his hand up beside the mirror around the door, like a vertical looked up to the pyramid top and said, He saw for the first time a blue sky overhead and a great yellow sun in the sky. He decided to stay for a bit and take in the majestic view of the ocean with the other islands in the distance. He found a seat at a table near the edge. Presently, Clara arrived. She was wearing what seemed to be a 1920s flapper dress, and her hair was perfectly combed out in a finger wave. He thought about the difference between his timeline and hers, or rather Blythe's. He asked, Did they have flappers in the universe Blythe was from? She said, Something similar, and sat down, gathered her thoughts for a moment, and said, that's really heavy stuff you're bringing up there all of a sudden. I've only just met you, despite what you may think. I know, I know. You think you were just talking to me about it. And I remember the conversation too, as if I had been the one having it. But I'm not. We're not all so fond of talking about her, of treading so far down memory lane. I try to keep a sunny disposition while I'm working, you know? Can you imagine not being able to distinguish your identity from some other original master copy version of yourself? I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to be insensitive, he said. She smiled and said, actually, I'm the one who's being insensitive. I know something you don't. Charles raised an eyebrow. From the way you say so, it makes me think you might be willing to share what you know? Clara noticed a few new arrivals. She looked back at the pyramid in time to see another Charles Reuben just now entering the apartment and writing the note. She said, let me see what these people are having and I'll be right back. Chai? Charles said, sure, yeah, and looked back at the horizon as she left. Then he glanced back at the pyramid and saw the fishbowl helmet on his desk. What the? He walked toward the door and looked around the corner to see himself getting into bed. He looked at the desk and saw the note. He furrowed his brow in confusion. Clara came up behind him. Charles asked her, Do I, later, go further back? Is this my future I'm looking at? Just then, behind Clara, he saw what seemed to be a burning comet shoot directly downward out of the sky, only to land directly behind her there on the island. 
beside one of the tables. It was the Charles Reuben with the two-headed quarter, with a grandiose and triumphant expression on his face. The sky was blue. The men all had long beards. And Charles walked toward the horizon. The stars lit up the sky. He had the Charles feeling was shocked to see what appeared to be three other versions of himself, wearing exactly the same silver when he was ready to return to the horizon. How did you know that he was there? Was this me in the future? How did this happen? And three and four is sixteen. He grabbed his things, walked up to the wall, put his right hand up in the usual manner, and looked at the randomly selected address on page five of his notebook. And the door faded into view. That's such a rush, he thought to himself, remembering the first time he'd seen his dad do the same thing. He walked through and turned around to put his hand up beside the mirror side of the door, looked up to the pyramid top and said, Same place, two days earlier. Charles? He turned to see a familiar face. Isaac? It was certainly him, but he was now much younger, in his mid to late twenties. Isaac said, Is this the second time you're meeting me? Charles said, It is. Isaac said, And you're on page five? Charles said, In my journal? How did you know? Isaac said, You told me. Old you, I mean. He told me you'd need this. Isaac handed Charles a simple quarter. Upon closer examination, he saw that both sides of the quarter were heads. Isaac said, Eat me, drink me. Charles said, Pardon? Isaac said, Alice in Wonderland. It'll make sense in a few minutes, but I've got a jet. I'm fighting millipedes. Well, that hardly seems like a fair fight, Charles said. Isaac said, In the Carboniferous Era? And left through the central door on the nearby pyramid. Just then, Clara arrived, wearing simple jeans and a t-shirt. She said, good morning, Charles. Can I get you anything? Charles said, I'm not staying long, just stopping through. He looked back through the door into his apartment and was very surprised to see another version of himself already inside, writing the note. Clara glanced through, giggled, and said, I'll get you a chai. He looked at the two-headed quarter in his hands and walked to a nearby table. Clara returned with drinks. Was that me in the future? Like, do I go back prior to where I had... Clara said, come with me, I'll show you. He followed her to the pyramid. The shimmering door vanished, revealing the sandstone hallway. He followed her as she turned right down another corridor, then left into a great library with many books and scrolls all around. She walked through the first large room into another, which had three doors at the end. He followed her through the door on the right into yet another great hall. How great he couldn't tell from his vantage point, 
but in this hall all the books were the same. Clara approached one of the shelves and opened the book to page one. Lo and behold, it was the familiar first page of his notebook, the first Trigenta sex numerals he'd written down for the island he now knew as Gothclara's Island. She thumbed through the rest of the journal, and he saw that it was filled. He was intensely curious, but understood why she might not be stopping for too long on any one page, only showing him that the books were indeed full. She said, show me your page five. He took his notebook out of his 22nd century Venusian space helmet and opened it to page five, the numerals for the island of the Clara who stood before him. She showed him page five of the book in her hand. It's a different island, he said. She returned the book and pulled out the one next to it. She showed him the first four pages briefly, and they were familiar and page five was the signature or serial number or whatever Trigentus X for yet another island. She said, when you did that, when you rolled all of those dice in that way and proceeded based on what they told you, you created as many divisions as there are islands, exactly as many in fact. One of you rolled all ones. One of you rolled all 36s. There are currently as many Charles Rubens as there are Claras. But get this, right now, there is only one of those, she indicated the two-headed quarter in his hand. That is, only one of you has it. You're the one who will decide when you all go back to being just one Charles again. Whoa, Charles said, eat me, drink me. He followed her back out onto the malachite floor of the island. He put the quarter in his pocket and walked to the edge of the island. He looked down at the place where the waves crash against the sandstone cliffs below, and remembered his mother telling him long ago that all you had to do was jump off the edge and you fly. He smiled from ear to ear, took a few steps back to get a running start, and jumped off the edge. He flew past the nearest island and saw the Charles there and the Clara. Then another. Then another. Then he started avoiding the islands and flying over the ocean in between the islands. He flew faster and faster as islands whizzed by him at a dizzying speed until he saw the great sunrise before him. Eventually, he decided to see how high he could fly directly upward. He flew and flew, faster and faster, glancing down to see the ground beneath him remain flat, with something like a geodesic or flower of life pattern beginning to emerge in the relationships between the islands. Long after the islands were discernible, when the ground became a barely textured shading of blues, the spherical shape emerged. Later, he worked out the math and figured that this sphere would have to have been substantially larger than the largest supermassive black holes in his universe, but still quite a bit smaller than, say, the Milky Way galaxy. Approximately eight septillion islands, each approximately four kilometers, each from its nearest neighbor in six directions, all the way around. He flew back down as fast as he'd flown up. He landed on the island, which happened to be directly below him the great sphere having turned a bit. 
He landed, stood up, feeling very powerful, and saw another Charles standing there beside that island's Clara, the one who was wearing the flapper dress. He realized he had stunned and frightened everyone with his dramatic entrance. Sorry about that! I, I flew way up there! It was incredible! He walked up to the other Charles and this Clara. Without thinking, he pulled out the quarter and showed it to them. Check that out! Heads on both sides! So chance divides us, the dice or a regular coin, but as soon as I flip this quarter, it's all heads. We've all become one Charles again. Isn't that seriously the coolest thing you've ever heard? The Charles with the two-headed quarter was a bit surprised that his counterpart, the Charles there on that island, didn't suddenly leap for joy at the situation as well. That Charles looked at the quarter with eyes widening slowly and concern deepening. The Charles with the quarter explained that there was now one Charles for each island, that one of them was at work, one passed out at home, and the rest were somewhere in the coffee house, presumably. He said, So, uh, don't worry. I've, I've got this. We've got this. This quarter was a gift from us later on when we're old. We had Isaac give it to us. The Clara with the flapper dress on said coolly, Don't worry. When you do all turn back into one, that new Charles will be the sum of all of you and you'll retain all the memories. When there's only one of you, that one will know what the fuck you're so happy about, and he'll also know why my new friend here is not so into the idea. Anyway, we were having a bit of a private conversation before you arrived. If you don't mind letting him have his separate existence a bit longer, you know, without you here. The Charles with the two-headed quarter was quite taken aback by Flapper Clara's harsh words. Without really understanding, he ran to the edge of the island and leapt into the air, flying off to explore the many varieties of these temporary clones of himself, or at least that was how he seemed to see it, being the one with the quarter and all. From some dark place in his mind, he thought to himself, We'll see who understands who when I make you disappear. Meanwhile, back on Flapper Clara's now quite sunny island, the Charles there had lost the will to stand up and had collapsed into a cross-legged seat there on the Malachite. Clara smiled understandingly and said, Let me get you some water. She left through her central door. When she returned, she found Charles sitting at a table nearby, looking out over the ocean at the other islands and at the other Charleses flying between the islands. Clara said, You okay? Charles said, It just pisses me off, not knowing when he's going to flip it or why. Clara sat beside him, consolingly placing her arm around him. He said, Do you remember the man you told me about? The man your sister told me about? The one who said he wanted to kill me to get to know me? She said, Yes, I do. To mate with you and kill you and get to know you all at once. Charles said, Can you get me in touch with him? Clara smiled knowingly and said, Sure, Charles. Charles looked at her with a bit of a life spark returning to his eyes. He shrugged. I might as well, right? I mean, what difference does it make? 
Clara said. To him it means a great deal. Charles said, We should hurry. He followed Clara to the pyramid, and she placed her right hand on the mirrored surface of the pyramid just beside the central door, looked up the apex of the pyramid, and said, Universe number one! The view on the other side faded to a familiar void. Number one? Charles, or this Charles anyway, only had a moment to wonder at the designation when he saw the familiar face of the serious man in the gray suit. The man walked through the door onto the island and looked at Charles. His eyes widened. Charles said, I've changed my mind. I would like to accept your offer. The man in the gray suit smiled brightly and said, I may kill you? I please I may kill you? Charles said, Do what you will with me. I'm done. He reached as if to shake the man's hand. The man looked at Clara. Then he took Charles's hand with both of his hands and led him through the door into the void all the while crying out, Thank you, 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 thank you.